episode 22 of Zaps to the Past. Hi, I'm Adrian Mills, and I'm joined as always by Graham Raddings. If you haven't listened before, this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the Commodore 64. Last week, we looked at our first batch of games from issue 11 of Zap 64, which we are in no way affiliated with, and we were quacked at by Kane, dulled into the doldrums by Dragon Skull, and uplifted by Iridium. In episode 22, which covers the pretty average month of March 1986, we're going to be concluding our look at the games from issue 11 of Zap 64, along with what was going on at the cinema and on TV that month. Graham, tell us exactly what we have to look forward to in this episode. In this glam rock band of an episode, we see if everyone really does like baseball with the game Hardball, try and figure out the mathematics and the plot of Quake Minus One, and see if boards really don't hit back with the blocky bosses of Kung Fu Master. We also wonder if Ark of Yesod was a true sequel or a cunning repaint before tripping over the smelly game turds of Deathwake and Critical Mass and flying headfirst into a dinosaur crap with Yabba Dabba Doo. Let's leave our shoes outside. Fernando. So let's move things along <laughs> and take a look at our first game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is <laughs> our first game, which is um, Hardball. I got a hardball for you. Right? <laughs> I got a hardball for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> when you take care of it, I got a hardball for you. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> it's a very housey sounding thing. That I got a hardball for you. Hard Don't ball. strike out. Don't strike out on the hardball. Hardball. Great. It's a hardball. Go on. Hardball. Baseball. Baseball. Everyone loves baseball. It's a baseball game. It's a baseball simulation. It's, could you call it a simulation? Sports game. And baseball you have game. Baseball game. And you do all the things that you do in baseball. Choose teams, choose pitches. My knowledge of baseball is... Ex- that's it. <laughs> Exhausted. Do all the stuff that you do in baseball. People say it's like rounders. It's not like rounders, though. That would be an insult to the people that play professional baseball. It's an impressive-looking game, this. It's got a nice polish to it. It is a baseball game, and there's some nice touches to it. So, but the one thing it is, is way better than the other baseball game that we played back in episode, whatever it was, episode one, two, three, whatever it was. Will Series. So this is, yeah, this is way better than that. So the first thing to say is that they've got the positions and the way you play the game right. So you're playing the game, um, you can be the batter or the pitcher, and you can do all of that. You play all the positions of the of the game. You set, you pick, you, set, you, you pick your team. You your choose knowledge it, of baseball is is amazing. Well, I, 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 well, I'll come back to that actually. But so you you pick your teams. You play baseball, right? <laughs> My problems began a little bit because I don't know a lot about baseball, and this game uh, assumes that you know a lot. So if okay. you like baseball and you know the rules of baseball and you understand what it means, obviously three strikes and you're out. Everyone knows some of the basics, but. This is a game that's actually dives into the complexities of baseball, the types of pitch, mm-hmm. the types of communication that exists between the pitcher and the umpire or whoever that guy is with the face mask on who sits behind the batter. 
all of that stuff, and it, don't get me wrong, it's all amazing because it's quite detailed, and you get right to the nitty-gritty of it. You can play... I couldn't actually get this game to play one player, but there is a way of doing that. So I mm. couldn't tell you how hard it was to play one player or not. But my feeling was that it was actually quite a playable game and that you could get a good innings out of it, to use a baseball term. Well done. Well done. <laughs> my only issue, only issue with it was that... Um, you needed a fair amount of baseball knowledge to really understand it. I imagine that would come with the instructions a little bit as well, which I didn't have ha- um, to hand. So I go by what I was presented with, and this is an accolade game. We'll come back to accolade. They're going to come back with some really interesting titles, mm, Test Drive yeah. and other stuff on the C64, to name but a few. But this has got an impressive look and feel. The graphics are halfway decent, actually. It looks like a baseball game, and, and it doesn't just adopt the standard kind of orthographic 17 miles above the pitch kind of picture view with little dots running around between the dots and all that you know you get an idea that this is a baseball game graphics players the animations on the sort of um, player when you the pitcher when you throw in the pitch and the batter and all that's all good and the way it kind of plays out i thought it was a decent sports game and it looked like it really abided by the baseball rules i didn't understand what they were so that's my problem with it i thought it looked like a great game to play if i'd have been into baseball but because there wasn't quite into it i kind of millied clicked my way around and managed to find a way of pitching and doing stuff but that was kind of my interest peaked because i'm not into it later down the line when we play fourth and inches and other american football games that's a different matter but when we play baseball games it's not quite my thing but it has to be said this is a nice looking game and it plays really well and it's slick and you can really play a good round of baseball in it or a good innings or whatever the hell you do (laughs) but i i i found that it was a little bit of a barrier but you know what this is what my notes were. It's decent enough if you, A, like baseball, B, understand baseball, and C, baseball. So there you go. <laughs> what about you? Comprehensive. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I, pro- I probably know a bit more about baseball than obviously you do. Well, I know is, very little. You know very little, obviously. So I think let's not be around the bus. Accolade American. This is an American game, but made for an American audience primarily. So they know very much into their baseball over there. So I imagine the American Commodore 64 owners lap this up because this is technically really, really impressive. That behind the uh, pitcher viewpoint for throwing you know for pitching mm. the baseball at the batter uh, where it's caught by the catcher behind who sits behind him not the umpire the umpire is the one behind him so i think he's the one who yeah. frank drebin frank drebin played in naked gun yeah oh, you're out and all that stuff that's the that's him so it's all very very beautifully animated you can pitch you know way you know a slider a spin ball all kinds of different uh, pitches and place them in different places you can really tell as well if you're quick enough whether this is going to be a ball or whether it's a legitimate pitch that you can actually you know hit because you can strike out or you can you know let it go if it's a ball and therefore you get a free hit and you get a move and that's fine and three i think it's four balls and you get a free free run to the the the, the, the next uh, stop First, sorry, the next base, first base, second base, third base, and you get round and you do that. It's it's good. It's I really really like this. It is. I, I you know I got it in one player. I played a one player game. The computer is hard um, because, but not infallible. But it's not infallible, and that's quite good. So I think they will mm. you know try to hit your illegal balls. <laughs> Which because if you know if you do them they they so they don't just know that oh this ball is. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So it is not infallible. It plays a good game of baseball and it looks really good and it's got a you know a lot of razzmatazz to it. The controls are pretty decent, even in the when the ball you know that te- when it takes the sort of bit more the bird's eye view when you do actually get to hit it and the the runners are all legging it to the bases. You can steal bases and, and everything like that. There's a lot going on. This is a really good game of baseball. If you like, you are right. If you like baseball, but I think that even if you don't, the visual 
chops on display here are mm. gonna make are gonna draw it's you pretty you're gonna want, yeah you're gonna want to look at this and this like you said there was a series of this there was hardball we'll look at the crap bit a little bit later if there was softball medium um, ball <laughs> no, this get by squishy ball came out quite quickly there was hardball there was psyops and there was lore of the west yes all these games seem to take a, a graphical jump up and this one is the first of those and i think it's a it's a really a really smart looking version of baseball it is baseball though so your mileage will always vary with just how much you want to play baseball but as the i don't know of much that comes after it that that beats this that i saw other sequels advertised when looking around for a very you know hardball two hardball three whatever but as a as an out of the gate release yeah this is really impressive that's the curse got 93 percent in zap it's 995 one of those full price titles that's probably you know you can see the work in it it's worth it um this is a really good sports sim doing what it for it's for the sport yes. it's doing it's doing it really well yeah it does it right take a note uh ian botham <laughs> just uh, take a note he, he, take a note jimmy hill with yes, your baguette. Well, just, yes just take a note <laughs> yeah do take a note now if you're going to do sports games do them properly yeah exactly no this is really good i really like this and it's yeah but we'll put the caveat on it i think the caveat needs to be there you gotta yes. it, it is you it's gotta baseball. Like baseball do you have a favorite baseball team uh the boston red sox you said that in a kind of robotronic <laughs> first team that came to your mind kind of way <laughs> the new york jets no they're an american football team the mets. Football team. the mets yeah. the mets yeah do you know my favorite baseball team is um our local team um brinkston spoilers great little team they are great little team <laughs> I don't have a favourite baseball team. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> the Boston don't. Red Sox. Were the, uh, that was me going. <laughs> My knowledge of baseball extends to the episode of The Simpsons, I'm afraid. And that's about it. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> but that was 1993 and of no use nowadays. No, no. No. Things have, things have moved on. Hardball, good. Go play. <laughs> yeah it's good yeah it's fun it's enjoyable a great looking great looking advertisement yes. for what the c64 can do yes. good game and accolade did this was the beginning of accolades great run because they have some really great games accolade so yeah but i said there we go hardball enjoyable 93 percent. yes spot on spot that's what happens in baseball apparently let's move yeah. on <laughs> Please, for the, love of all that's hol- for the love that's all that's holy. Let's, move, let's move on. All right, yeah, let's move on to... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> to our next game, which is a bizarre equation, Quake minus one, which I don't know what it equals. What's it equal? What's Quake? Is this some kind of bizarre um, Euclidean maths? Minus one what? Quake. Quake minus one. So it's quack, because that'd be minus one letter. <laughs> quack. Or or wacky, <laughs> wacky, <laughs> yeah, it... <laughs> or cake. Anyway, Quake minus one. So Mike Singleton game. I did. He did it with someone else. But this has been around. Supposedly been looked at and around for ages. So the story for what is Quake minus one? Quake minus one. Humans build a mega power plant, as we tend to do, and unfortunately, we use robots to power it and do something with it school boy error never trust the robots no because they obviously do what robots do they take it over and threaten to destroy it causing a cataclysmic earthquake that will destroy everything on the east and west coast of the atlantic californians are not bothered (laughs) neither the russians neither are the people in any other place china don't care it's just (laughs) us 
Us, yeah. although we'd be protected. Part of us would be protected by Ireland, so you know that's all right. Oh yeah, Wales. Unless you live in Ireland, it's bad. Wales, yeah, Wales would get some. Cornwall would be gone. Liverpool would be okay. Bay of Biscay. I always want to say the Bay of Biscuits. It should be the Bay of Biscuits. <laughs> Just name it that because it should be the Bay of Biscuits. And do you if, know what? If, if what a lovely Biscuits, place to go. If the Bay of Biscuits was a biscuit, what biscuit would they be? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Do you know, I'm, you got me thinking now. What has a lovely crinkly edge, but a crumbly texture? That's probably going to be, uh, yeah, hobnob maybe. Uh, what, what are you on about? Just quick minus one. Sure is. Yes. <laughs> quick minus yes, one. Yeah. Um, all right. So this power plant consists of five bases called Zeus, Poseidon, Vulcan, Ares, and Hermes. Mm. And the human scientists have managed to take back control of Hermes. So you can go in and take control of various robots and try and navigate your way around this hexagonal map thing, trying to take back the four other bases, Zeus, Poseidon, Vulcan, and Ares, to stop the cataclysmic earthquake happening. That's that's the plot of the game. That's what you've got to do. So there's a little hint of paradroid here. Robots have taken over something and and you've got to go in and take it back. So there's a bit of plot plot vibes from Paradroid. But obviously this was in production before Paradroid, so who knows? You know, it's probably it's not a particularly original sound, you know, robots take over, go in and sort them out. So this sees you, it's a first person view. So there's a little bit of the idle on as well in that first person viewpoint. Because it is a bit of a shooter. So in the fact that you fire rockets and stuff, so there is a bit of a first-person shootery thing to this. You traverse pathways through an icon system. Oh, God's sake. It, it, it's, it, it's hard to describe this game, I found, because there's a, there's, there's a lot to it. If we look at the visuals, let's take the visuals. So the, the game uh, presents you with a sort of 3D view on the, in the top third of the screen, which shows the you can move around, you can move left and right, uh, and then there's these pathways that lead to the various node points on these tracks you have to go down they may be blocked by robots that could be your own robots or they could be the enemy robots if they're enemy robots you then need to initiate combat and fire different attacks at them if they destroy you you can then take control of one of your other robots which could be placed somewhere around the map if you get attacked because everything's happening in real time so their robots are moving around they will attack you you can leap to that robot so you can kind of do that paradroid thing of jumping uh, sort of you know you take over different robots to sort of fight them and it, the this is all done through, through the icon system at the bottom. It's it's really hard. It's a very hard game. And at first, absolutely almost incomprehensible. You just get destroyed and you're trying to work out what's going on. You're trying to turn and a robot turns up and suddenly you're dead and the screen goes black and you're in another one and the map screen appears. And uh, as you play it, though, and as you start to sort of try slowly, slowly get your head around it, you kind of see what they were going for here. And it's might not entirely 100% work, but th- this is a game that I put re- rewards perseverance. And it's, if you dig into it, it's going to offer a stiff challenge. But you can, I could see easily losing the several hours to this as I try and get my head around it and jump from robot to robot and pursue this, this task of taking them over. In that sense, there's also hints of hacker, I thought. So we've got some kind of weird amalgamation of hacker, paradroid and, and the Eidolon going on here in some... You know, and visually it's really nice. The sound design is kind of abrasive, but I quite liked it. It's it's hard to say whether I liked this or whether it was just I'm sort of impressed by what's going on with it. I, I'm not quite sure, but there's, there's definitely something there. And I think 
if you are into these kind of dig into them and what a challenge and something that doesn't give you it all from the get-go you have to try and figure out what's going on this is you know there's not much else like this on the 64 you know the amalgamation of those three games which we've all, which we've liked to varying degrees but both of us or not but i don't know it's a, it's an odd one if you i think if it gets its hooks into you i think you've got to be all in but i think it's hard for it to get its hooks in because they're very well hidden behind something that's quite obtuse and hard to navigate at first. That was my take on it, which may not make a lot of sense, but this is a weird game. What did you think? Yes, I agree, essentially. I found it impenetrable, really. I was confronted with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. with this game. You know, loads of stuff to click on. I didn't have the instructions initially. I did look them up to figure out what the hell I was doing. And you need those. You need the instructions. You need to be able to understand the base controls of what it is you're doing i found the graphics were interesting but flicky bit annoying it judded around a bit it was an interesting concept and there's a great game in there in that concept somewhere i like the idea of taking control of the computers and and all that kind of stuff and clicking on the different view and traveling that around the different sort of i don't want to say network but you've got that kind of nice sort of nice 3d graphic in the corner where you map it has all the elements of something that's probably really good should you get into the space of the game and spend time with it I didn't do either. I found it the graphics were nice, but put me off. I'm not. I wasn't into that kind of chunky, base reliefy, Cronus rifty blockiness that they sort of presented. There was a lot of stuff going on on the screen. I wasn't sure how much of it was really anything to do with me or whether I should be shooting. I was able to choose weapons and shoot different things and move around, and I got to grips with that. I just wasn't sure what what I was really doing as part of that. It didn't give me much visual information about what things were what and why. And because of that, Mm. I just found myself going down, suddenly shooting down a road. I'd be confronted with some, I guess, spaceship vehicle thing. I don't know what it was. I would shoot shoot something at it. It would blow up. I would then head down that road and then I'd be stuck. I would then turn around and go down another little shoot and then I would pick a pathway in. And I guess in this context of knowing more about the game, it all makes sense. And I think what it requires is perseverance, instructions and some dedication and time. And in there, there's a great game, I think, actually. Um, and like you say, an amalgamation of some good ideas altogether. I just didn't quite get on with it. I think I'm too instant gratification for a game like this. I'll need to know what I'm doing <laughs> quite... I do. I, I need to know what That's I'm doing quite enough, quickly. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm a, an arcade heritage of a lot of games that make me have to really... Um, I still think there's, at this time especially, and it exists to me in me this, to this day, I've still got that legacy. I need to know what I'm doing quite quickly. I need to know what I'm, what the controls are quite quickly for me to be able to get on with that game. If I have to sort of take time and to really learn stuff in the game and I don't get payoff fairly quickly, then I don't get into it and this game does do that. That's not a fault of the game, though. That's just the way I have come to understand playing these games. However, this game didn't tickle my fancy back then. I didn't go and buy Quake Minus One. I was very much aware of it. It didn't come out with a mega review in Zap kind of a mid to average it was below 70 it was all right and i think for the same reasons i think they were they were some people liked it some people didn't it is a bit marmite in that respect Mm. although i hesitate to use the term marmite lots of great ideas visually quite interesting a bit flicky for me but i just didn't really have a clue what i was doing or what i was meant to do quick enough and that meant that it was just you know i moved on i thought that in an issue where we've got mercenary getting 98 percent and the you know the the praise the openness and the you know to, to doing that and the thing and then this getting 67 i thought was a bit weird personally i think they they share some common dna you know in, in, in that they ask a lot of you and i i thought the review of this was and their views on it were a little bit harsh i would i would have, i would have put it higher personally 
No, oh, but I, that's just but that's just me. I think that if you look at them as two worlds to explore, mercenary looks more like a world you can explore, even if it's very basic and vectory and, and, and all those problems. This looks like lots of graphics all over the place. Lots of things to click on, lots of icons to think about, lots of stuff going on. Not all of it makes immediate sense. And when it comes to this kind of Windows icons and menus driven game, so a wimp game, when it comes to those kind of, you know, the icons have to make contextual sense quite quickly in order for it to make sense. You don't have that problem with Mercenary because the joystick is forwards, backwards, left, right, and in, and you've got a few keyboard controls. With this, you know, your movements, your missile choices and weapons and all of that is all selectable, which is great. But you've just got to get used to doing it that way. When you do, I imagine there's all sorts of amazing gameplay to yeah, be had. But I, I didn't thought, get that I, far. I, 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 I got into it and, and was actually making some progress. At first, I was like, oh, God, I don't know what the hell's going on here, sort of thing, and I couldn't quite figure it out. But once I had figured the way through those icons, I found them quite quite clear, and, and I got my head around it quite quite easily, fairly. And I didn't even look for any instructions or anything either. So it, it something either twigged in me, and for some reason, normally these kind of games would, I'd be like, ugh. But, and I wasn't, I'd never had any particular affinity from this with this back in the past. I don't remember really playing it very much. I remember that loading screen, so I did actually play it. But I think back then, I found it absolutely 100% impenetrable. Whether yeah. now my patience is a little bit different and I'm a bit more versed in that, you know, this is, you know, kind of seeing what this is trying to do. And other games that have done it a lot over time, I could probably sort of, you know, okay, I see what they're doing here. I see what they're trying to do. And knowing that obviously Mike Singleton, what did he do? Did Lords of Midnight, didn't he? So I, mm-hmm. it's that, you know, it's those those kind of concepty type complex game sort of thing. And I didn't particularly like Lords of Midnight, but there, there was just something in this. I think in in within its its overall attempt to do a thing that I, I appreciated. And I get, yeah, I, get I, I, abs- I absolutely hundred percent get if you if you want quick gratification, this ain't this ain't gonna just ain't going to float your boat. And that's no. not a bad thing, and it's not a wrong thing. It's just different games for different people. It's one of them things. Well, it is. But also, the central premise and concept of this game belies what it looks like. So, you know, this is meant to be set in mid-Atlantic ridges and coasts of Africa and America and where the computers are, and it's meant to represent that world. And I don't feel like it was a very good representation of that space. It felt more sci-fi and inside a computer. Like, a, if yeah. I can imagine, if this was Tron... And, you know, and that was a representation of the universe of Tron. It would work better in that context than it does in this kind of way. But you know what? Yeah, you just got to get it. Yeah. You know, that, but the graphics and how they're represented are just the game space. You get into that. And then once you're in the zone, you're in the zone, right? Yeah. I think you go, go, go and explore it as, as, you know, give it a shot. I think you might be right. Um, I think it's perhaps been a bit undersold. Consider it Scott or Mercenary was oversold. Whichever you look at it, one of one of the two. But yeah, it's one of the two. I think they're probably more one comes up and one comes down a bit personally. But yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. So that's Quake minus one, an equation we don't quite understand, but it's fun. Not fun, but is is intriguing enough to actually investigate. Similar to Hacker or something like that, I guess. There you go. <laughs> to our next game. Is this our last game for this section? It is. This is our last game for this section. Graham. Tell us about the arcade, the port of Kung Fu Master. This is probably more up your street, isn't it? Yeah, totally. You know, I really like the Kung Fu Master arcade and always have. Kung Fu Master is a a arcade conversion. And it is actually contrary to... There's actually a combination of things that are quite interesting about it. So let's just briefly talk about the setup. So Kung Fu Master is actually in Japan. It's known as Spartan X. And it's actually based on a a Jackie Chan movie, contrary to what you might think. But before we all say, hang on a minute, it looks like another movie. The character, the main characters are from Wheels on Meals. 
The main character in Wheels on Meals is Jackie Chan's character. That's Thomas. And in this game, Thomas is the character you play and you have to work your way up the various levels of the tower to fight different baddies along the way, ultimately saving your girlfriend Sylvia from Mr. X. Now, the idea of the characters is definitely from uh, Wheels on Meals, which is, I say, a Jackie Chan movie. The idea of going up a tower fighting off different baddies along the way, that's Bruce Lee's Game of Death, without a doubt. So Mm -hmm. it's actually a game with lots of kung fu movie heritage in it. The arcade was kind of a bit of a classic, still is. Great game, very hard. And um, it was inevitable that you were going to end up with a conversion on various formats. Now, it ain't great graphically, the Commodore 64 version of Kung Fu Master. It isn't. It's a bit blocky, to say the least. And some of the designs of the main enemy sprites are not just blocky, but I think there's actually an absence of real thought behind them. So your sprite that you play as Thomas, you've got the moves you've got, you can kick and you can punch. They're selectable. On the arcade, obviously, you can jump as well. That's three buttons, jump, punch, and kick. On this version, you have to switch between punch and kick by pressing the space bar. Now, we've not liked this kind of thing before on these games where you have to switch mode. But you know what? You could just get through the whole game by kicking. You don't really, there's no real benefit from punching other than you get a slightly higher punch score. And there's no real benefit and you get a bit closer in. So it's just, it's a choice of playing how you play. The idea of the game, you go from left to right, right to left, Various enemies attack you along the way. They either hug you and, and huddle you and to the point when you lose energy and health, if you do, you fall off the level and you lose life and you're back to the start again. Otherwise, these knife throwers and various different levels have dragons that explode and dwarfs that fly. And it's all sorts of different things on different levels. So it's actually, there's only, what, five levels to the game? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of each level, you get a buddy. The first one's kind of a guy with sticks and they've all got super weapons. It's Game of Death. That's exactly the same as Game of Death. There's even a giant character, which is the... Um, is it what's the the basketball player's name who plays the giant? Is it Karum Karim Abdul-Jabbar? Yeah, who plays that like, the giant baddie in one of the levels of the actual film Game of Death? So I suppose along with the shot is it, how great a conversion is this of the arcade? Graphically not great, but it captures the spirit of the arcade quite nicely. So you are able to do all the things you are in the arcade. It's a bit more sparse. There's no doubt about that, and the sound effects are lacking. It has to be said they could have put a lot more effort into that. It has some of the arcade tropes, but not all of them. And the controls are a bit daft, maybe. But it is Kung Fu Master-ish. And you can play through the fight. <laughs> and it does have all five levels. And it does have all five of the buddies. And it does have the ending. And it has the start. And it has the, the trappings of the arcade. When you start the arcade levels, Thomas walks on with a kind of taka 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 tak. Then the music starts. Ding, diddling, 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 diddling. And then you go off and you play the game. It has all of the trappings of the arcade. So I think it's actually not a great 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 conversion it's not amazing it's not going to blow your socks off graphically but it's a good conversion of the arcade and that stands for something so i quite enjoyed going back to this i like kung fu master a lot and the c64 version is limited but at least it's all there so it's not two levels out of the five it's not missing some of the baddies they're all in there and it is one thing it has inherited is the arcade difficulty because this let me tell you is a tough old arcade game it is a hard game I would challenge anybody, even with infinite credits on an arcade, to spend less than an hour trying to get through all of the levels because it is a tough old game. Because if you die on that level, you go back to the start. The huggers, the knife throwers, the, all the rest of it are going to really do your head in. So I enjoyed it. It's a good arcade conversion. It's a 64K machine, so it's not going to have all the trappings of the full arcade, but there's enough there to make it playable. And it got a deserved 79. I think that's a really good score for this kind of game. Did you like it? 
Do you like do. do you like Kung Fu Master actually? I do. It's fun. You know, it's simple mm. and fun. I put it's a pr- <laughs> I put it's a pretty decent part of the arcade original. You walk along five corridors and kick people in the face. Yep. Or jump o- or jump over them, which seems rather insulting. Yep. There's much kicking in the faces to be had in this, and if you like kicking people in the face, then you probably like this. I, I, we're pretty much in agreement because I put solid if unspectacular visuals. Yep. Uh, decent version of the arcade tune. Options to start on different levels and lots of kicking people in the face. I got to the expanded sprite at the end of the third level. Mm. A very expanded sprite, and I enjoyed my time kicking people in the face. If you enjoy kicking people in the face, this is for you. Yep. Yeah. Because I didn't know about the punch thing. I just kicked, so I don't really remember the punch. So I just kicked my way through through things. You know that music, ding ding ding. Like I said, is perfectly fine. It, it it's it's not slow. It's not you know slug, uh, sluggish to play. It's it's pretty nippy. It's fast. It, it plays well. It looks. I don't really have a. I didn't really have a problem with the visuals in the sense of you know they're, they're unspectacular, but they do exa- they, they look like Kung Fu Master, and that's really all I want. I yeah, as a, as a, as an arcade port from Data East or whoever did this, yeah, good stuff. I it was it's fun. I I, I would always like a go or two on Kung Fu Master in the arcade if I saw one, and so if I did see one, then I would play it, and that that's there's there's no two ways around it, and this is a really good home version in 64K of that machine I would see in the arcade. So, yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> I, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what to expect if I was perfectly honest because I was thinking, oh, I don't know, let's have a look. Because <laughs> I'm not sure if how 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 new is the the game at this point sort of thing. When did Kung Fu Master come out? Is it 83, 84? 84. So 84. So it's a, a year and a bit out. So I'm wondering why it's taken a bit of time and wondering whether it's an old whether it had been ported earlier in the US and come over, so I wasn't sure. But no, this is you know, a fun arcade conversion. I enjoyed it. It is. And interestingly, it was one of the top five selling games of 1986, apparently, going to Wikipedia. You believe that kind of thing. What, for the Commodore 64? For the Commodore 64, yes, yeah, specifically. But it, it, was, it was a very influential game. Did you know that the Nintendo Entertainment System version was developed by Shigeru Miyamoto? I did not know that, no. Yes, there you go. Now you know. So, you very know. influential game. Um, people which like is kicking odd, people it? in the face. Well, I think if contextually, it's just Game of Death is actually quite the concept. The film it was never finished. Remember that was the film Bruce Lee was doing before he went halfway through, went to film Enter the Dragon and died during Enter the Dragon. So Game of Death was never finished. So there's no, about it's about I think a hundred minutes of the actual Bruce Lee part, and then they finish it with. Oh, I hesitate to use the term body doubles. I'm not sure how they finish Game of Death. Whether it just ends or whether there's actually enough footage to be able to make it complete, or whether they got a body Is that the one where he's in the um, yellow tracksuit? It is, famously, yeah, that's exactly that one, yeah. And of course, yeah, yeah. it's easy to get confused with Enter the Game of Death, which is the Bruce Le film, which is not <laughs> the same. Neither is Enter the Game of Death 2. Bruce Le. Those are, those are very different movies. But Kung Fu Master, I still... You know what? I've been to the arcade club many times, which is, by the way, just is it just outside of Manchester when lockdown's lifted and COVID is a distant memory and the world can reopen? I would advise anybody who's got a bit of time and money to take a trip down to there. They're not a sponsor or anything like that, but it is a great place to go to play some old arcade games. And they've got an, a Kung Fu Master in there. And I spent a long time playing it. And just like I do with every time I go there and I play Ghost of Goblins, it frustrates me to the point of anger and screaming. So it's still got the magic. It's still got that magic. I found that maybe the 64 version a little bit easier than the arcade. A little bit, I think, because there's less enemies. But those grappling and huggy people, they do drive you mad. And they it's amazing do. how much that how much that can drive. But like liquor ships on um, Iridis Alpha, is it? 
<laughs> some of those enemies that when they cling to you and just leave, won't leave you alone, they get off. You find yourself saying <laughs> those words. Great. Yeah. It's a great, it's a, it's an 80%, 79, 80% conversion. Bat right scores up. Well done. I think it's all right. At least it's all the levels. Something Commando mm. never got, is it? And, and, no, and Ghosts and, Ghost and Goblins later down the line never sure, got all I'm the levels. I'm not sure it's so. worth a tenner. I think I'm not sure you get ten pounds for twenty minutes. I said it was eight. This is a eight pounder, isn't it? Really, it's a uh, yeah. You know, it's, th- a, it's seven pound ninety. It's a seventy nine percent. Seven pound ninety. It should have been. I think yeah. I think t- asking a tenner for this is a bit too much because, like mm-hmm. I said, it's. I do. I tell you what, I do like as well is the ability to um, you can you can choose the levels, can't you, to start to practice yeah. them or where you yeah, want to start yeah. and stuff like that. So that's that's quite a nice touch as well. So yeah, like I said, I got to that the third the third boss is the big yellow panted guy yeah and he's, well, he's massive he's massive with big double huge. double height sprite <laughs> oh i see that's some expansion going on there oh yeah it's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got mass masso expansio it's not the greatest <laughs> is that uh, his name <laughs> sprite masso it's not the greatest sprite design in the world but they the, actually the rest of the sprites in the game the little midget guys the little dragons and all the, they all look like the sprites from the, the, the yeah. they all look like the game sprites weirdly it's just those boss sprites that seem to lack Especially as you get further up, they just seem to get worse. I mean, that's that one, that that giant one, is the worst one of the lot. It has to be said, but yeah, and beating them is hard work. You know, it is really hard work. I found, so. I found the second the second level one was easy because he throws a boomerang and then he's absolutely defenseless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, oh yeah, boomerang you re- guy. You could just go repeat. You duck under it and then walk up to him and kick him repeatedly in the face, and it's like, oh, you're well, done. This is, and actually, that should really be it. It's a boomerang for some reason, but in the arcade, I think it, I don't think it's a. It may be a boomerang in the arcade, but. It strikes me that a kung fu bad guy wouldn't throw a boomerang. It's more likely to be a, I don't know, a fan, maybe. I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, there maybe you go. That's a, maybe kung fu a, master. a plate with lots of willow pattern on. <laughs> be a worse game if you did. He'd never... No, yeah, that, no, no, no. True. Yeah, we like kung fu master. It's good fun. It's just a good port of the arcade original, which is good fun. You know, yes. you can't, can't go wrong with it. It's good fun. There we go. That's uh, our games this first part. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, And we'll be back in a moment with films and TV for March 1986. So stick around. Thanks to our sponsor, DavidHearnWriter.com, where you'll find books and audiobooks that are as cheap as chips. Dave's next book, Escape from the Commodore 64, sees our hero trapped inside their bread bin. They have to complete one of the games they're stuck in to escape. It seems like an impossible mission, surrounded by robots. Perhaps this friendly-looking black balloon drifting towards them can help them escape. The book, ebook, and audiobook are all coming out before Christmas, so visit davidhernwriter.com. That's David Hearn, H-E-A-R-N-E, writer.com, to find out more. Welcome back. Let's talk films and TV for March 1986. Let's get into this. So, TV. What's going on in TV? 5th of March, BBC One aired Season 9 of the US drama series Dallas that began with a feature-length episode. What was going on? Was Bobby back? Was he out the, was he out the shower at this point? Was this... Is, I was going to say, is this post-season where he had... An, the entire previous season was a dream and he woke up? I don't or know. is this... Because one of them had a woman being picked up by a bloody alien spaceship... But that might have been Dynasty, I think, where the famous episode where the alien spaceship came down, a UFO, and took her off in a spaceship. Oh, yeah. oh God, I've forgotten all about that. Yeah. Yes. 
you know, this is mainstream American TV primetime drama. It's how you rewrite the book. Was it, what was the, uh, was it Dynasty as well, where they had the wedding and everyone, the people ran in and shot everyone? Yeah, one of them, yeah. And, and they, I read somewhere that they told everyone that they had to renegotiate their pay or their character would be one of the dead ones. That's right. Something like that. <laughs> That's shocking, if true. It's like, oh, you're going to take a pay cut or your character's dead. Yeah, it was Dynasty, <laughs> the wedding mass- massacre of season five. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they, they did that. That's, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Imagine that now. Imagine <laughs> if they did that with Friends when that was on. <laughs> when Monica and Chandler got married and they just had they all got shot by a uh, fun Bobby. <laughs> Not so fun. <laughs> now they ended Blake Seven in the UK. Blake Seven ended with um, all the characters getting shot to death at the end, including Avon, which is obviously everyone's favourite Avon. It was. I've gone on record many a time saying I'm not a particularly big fan of Blake Seven, so there you go. Just re-educate your life. <laughs> it's a great no. it's a great show of its time. I've got nine I've got nine seasons of Dallas to get through. You have to suspend your disbelief a lot with Blake Seven, but it's got some really mm-hmm. great it's what you say about BBC it's what you say about all BBC sci fi from circa nineteen seventy one to nineteen eighty two. Great ideas. Always good ideas, they're sci-fi. Let's just have a, a slight aside here, because upon listening, just rechecking back to our episode zero, we were talking about Doctor Who, and you told me to go watch The Five Doctors I and did. that robot and that robot. The fight, rascal on robot. Which I did today. <laughs> <laughs> upon listening to it, I went, right, what is this he's on about? So I look at it. <laughs> what I told the you it's hell awesome. was that rubbish? It's awesome. <laughs> How many Cybermen get taken down by that guy with his fires arrows from his wrists? <laughs> it's just the way he throws them. It's like, nah. He's a it's rascal so on a robot. But it's just the way he just rips the heads off and stuff. Yes. It's like the very last one when he just rips its head off. He's like, bah. But it's also, the, it's the way he jumps and teleports had me in absolute hysterics. It's, it's, <laughs> do you know what? When you've got a limited budget, you do what you can. I like the fact that there's just a load of dudes in a quarry getting totally annihilated. It's the way they puke, they like puke cyber juice. He's like one of them like leans over and goes, and he's just vomiting. It's like, yes. By a guy in a silver jumpsuit. Yes. Yes. We must put the video clip on the on the on the website. I told you it was good. So so it's a very important episode, the five doctors. Don't get me wrong, I just that sequence, you said watch it, I was like, okay, and I was like it's just it's just to keep cutting back to that same shot of him throwing the arrows. Yes. I told you. Infinite supply of those arrows. I just oh, like the fact that he just takes down an entire squadron, <laughs> squad of Cybermen. Just it's just the way that I remember him leaning over and puking out brown. Only five at a time, though, because <laughs> they only obviously had five suits. Exactly. <laughs> they keep coming up out of that hole. It's like do 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 dead do 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 dead. Yes, they don't share the knowledge, do they, of what's happening up there? They don't go hang back. There's some kind of crazy silver dude firing arrows at us just stay down in the ditch don't come out here I mean, who, it's very who dangerous is he? he guards the rascal on tower do you really want me to tell you all this stuff <laughs> i'm just curious as to who this silver jumpsuited nutbag is <laughs> he's put on the planet as a defense system and he is engaged by the cybermen and uh, they don't understand what they're you know they're on the planet of rascal on they don't understand what they're getting into cut a very long story short now they do understand don't mess <laughs> don't mess with a rascal and robot it won't end don't well for with- you <laughs> 
<laughs> it didn't. No. It's just when he rips the reds off and stuff. It's like, yeah, okay. It's pretty brutal, isn't it? It is very brutal, but it's also incredibly <laughs> hilarious with it. It's a brutal scene, that is. It's just the way it keeps cutting back to uh, John Pertwee as well. He's clearly not watching that. <laughs> no, he's, he's not there. I think some of that footage was filmed totally indiscriminately, so they filmed it all over the place and just bolted it together. So some yeah. of those reactions, I'm pretty sure, are to Patrick Troughton's farts or something. He's like, what was that? And just cut it in. With the powers of modern editing. Exactly. You need to be there. Well, of course, Tom Baker uh, managed to escape that entire episode, so he's not in it. He's trapped in a vortex all the way through. Lucky guy. Aye. He didn't meet the rascal on robots. <laughs> no. Easiest cosplay ever, by the way, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Not for me, though. I yeah. am not svelte <laughs> enough or of the right body shape to wear that kind of outfit. It's unforgiving. Unforgiving. Yeah. And if I did it, I'd just wrap myself up in tinfoil and that would look all wrong. That would not be a rascal and robot. That'd be a Mako <laughs> foil robot. <laughs> <laughs> not nearly as terrifying. <laughs> Why not? As long as I've got an endless supply of arrows, which would be lolly sticks. Where would you fire them from? That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> out my baker coil. <laughs> Just bends over and farts out lolly sticks. No wonder the Cybermen are running away in terror. Like, no, the rascal that was bad enough. I am not having my eyes poked out by a farted out lolly stick. Not from nobody. Ah, ah non-stick. <laughs> got a joke on it though that's good what's the, what's the joke <laughs> what's red brighton what oh dead <laughs> now he's ripped my head off the bacon foil that's your killer. mo you fire up lolly sticks but the, it, by reading the joke that's what kills them because they are delayed oh uh, that would be good how does this dog smell <laughs> ah lolly sticks to the brain shouldn't read the joke <laughs> never mess with a bacon foil robot <laughs> none of this though was on film and tv in 1986 <laughs> no it was ages ago. <laughs> if you've listened to episode zero, then you'll know what we're talking about. If yes. you haven't, we'll put the link home. on the YouTube, on the thing, and the doodah. Right, oh, we next. need to. So, tenth of March was the first advert for a sanitary towel. Well, I'm glad we glad we went on about rascal and robots now. Broadcast on British television on Channel Four. Of Quite course, tenth of March, nineteen eighty six. There you go. I'm not. <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. I just thought I'd mention it. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Twenty third of March, the television play Shergar which tells the story of the theft of the racehorse Shergar is aired, part of BBC Two's Screen Two anthology series, and the film starred Stephen Rear and Gary Waldhorn. Oh, it's weird yeah. that we were so obsessed, weren't we, with the... Uh, there was a real obsession with the uh, kidnapping and abduction well, of yeah, a, a racehorse. Wasn't that pinned on the IRA at one point or something wild? And... I think it was pinned on pretty much everyone, and even, mm. like, uh, I think... I'm pretty sure Saudi Arabian sheiks and stuff were, were yeah, accused of it and all is, kinds of stuff. The stable boy left the gate open and it just fucked off. <laughs> Just went off. Sorry. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> it just, it just off. beeped off. He came the next day. Sherka, Sherka, it's your sugar kit. Oh, damn it. And it's a racehorse, so you ain't catching that thing. <laughs> what happened? Timmy, what happened? I saw some Irish people. Some big boys let him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I couldn't have cared less for anything at that point. And then it was announced that Shergar had... And I imagine... Because it was massive news, wasn't it, at the time? It was huge It was news. huge. I just, you know, I, th I remember thinking, is, isn't it just a horse? But it wasn't just a horse. It was a bit of a celebrity. I imagine it would have won Sports Horse of the Year that year if it had been able to. But... Um, it didn't. In the end, in the <laughs> end. Did you just say? Did you just say sports horse of the year? Yeah, there's bound to have been one. Did I just hear one. that right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might have won that, but did you get a chance? Did it? Poor bloody thing. That was it. It was offered it, but it turned it down. It said it. nay. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> 
behooved it to accept that award. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But nobody knows what happened to Shergar, though, even now. They never found uh, the body. They didn't, <laughs> like you're going to, they didn't find the body. They didn't find any trace. It just, it's like it vanished off the face of the earth. It went. Anyone yeah, would think strange. it was chopped up for dog meat or something. Not just, me, though. Just saying. I love Christy. Yeah, well, I don't like horses particularly, you know, dangerous at both ends and crafty in the middle, as uh, Sherlock Holmes rightly pointed out. What? That's what Sherlock Did Holmes he? says about horses, yeah. I've got, lo- I've, got loads of ho- I've got loads of horses outside my house. Why? They won't leave me. <laughs> Just they won't go away. Shoot them away. They're dangerous. <laughs> it's because I keep wrapping myself in baco foil <laughs> and they're attracted to shiny things. They, they I also get they menaced, are. I also get menaced by crows all the time. The two things they say about horses is, one, don't stand behind them because they can kick, and two, never dress in baco foil because those horses well, are wild for it. They'll be like following you around. Absolutely. So they're licking me like I'm a big bag of sugar. Well, they will. You know, you are like a sugar lick for the horses now. There we go. So, so I get my kicks. Sugar lick and sugar was the <laughs> was the was the duo cop series that came after that. Um, but it was, was ne- it? it was never to be. No, because sugar lick was the guy, but sugar obviously was kidnapped. So it was just it was just sugar lick, and no one wants to see a TV show like that. It's just called sugar lick. It was replaced with um, with Bootsy and Snudge. <laughs> Good old Bootsy and Snudge. They were brought back from the 1960s. By the way, Bootsy and Snudge is on YouTube. I recommend you watch it because it's, it's certainly not as we advertised it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, I had a look at it afterwards. It's uh, some some uh, military thing in it or yeah, something. They're, they're the ex-military. Yeah, it, what it ain't is a guy covered in Snudge as far as I... <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't matter. It probably is. Anyway, that's uh, sh- poor old Shergar. Poor Shergar. Poor Shergar. He went missing. That's your TV for March. Let's look at films. Fourth of March, out of Africa. Was, it, was this an Oscar botherer? I think it was. Yeah, wasn't it? totally big Oscar. I think isn't it? The, what's his name? Robert Redford. Is it? In out of Robert Africa? Redford. Meryl Streep. Yeah, totally. So it's Oscar. It's got you know. It may as well just give him the Oscar now. Yeah, well, absolutely. Obviously, back then they were like, you know what? What? What's the film about? It's about. What is it about? What's what South Africa actually about? Two people getting out? I don't know. What's it about? It's probably something very dramatic. Very worthy. And I think there's a lot of talking and, and probably lots of lots of shots of the savannah. Hey-ho. Uh, 14th of March. That's a song by Toto, Savannah. That's, no, it's Africa. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Toto did do Africa, but they also did... Um, what's the other? Rosanna. Not, Rosanna. Uh... <laughs> savannah. 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 <laughs> the, it's got the famous Picaro <laughs> shuffle in it. It doesn't matter what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> which goes Toto anyway yeah we like Toto anyway 14th of March Jagged Edge what was that about Jagged Edge is the I, strange enough I watched Jagged Edge recently when I was in a bit of a 1980s courtroom drama okay oh trip. it's a courtroom one is it it's a courtroom drama starring Glenn Close and uh, Jeff Bridges oh uh, yes yes he well his wife is killed in a horrible horrible murder and he is accused of the murder Glenn Close he uh, employs Glenn Close as the uh, lawyer to defend him and uh, it's a did he do it or didn't he do it one I'm not going to spoil it uh, it's pretty good it's actually quite good it's actually <laughs> did he do it did he what did he do it? Didn't he do it? Did he do? Did he die? So. <laughs> yeah. Did he do? The, did he do the crime or did he not do the crime? <laughs> did he do it? Well, I don't know. Did he do? Did you do the crime? Did you do die? <laughs> You're right. It's catchphrase out of Africa. Jagged edge. Edge is the jagged. <laughs> anyway, it's quite a. Interestingly, it's. I thought upon watching Jagged Edge, considering that in 1986, this was quite a progressive film. 
Glenn Close's character is a single mother working wow. to support, you know, children and everything. She has, she's, uh, you know, she's not beholden to any kind of man or anything. She is sexually active and all that kind of stuff. And, and she's pr- portrayed in quite a positive manner. This was quite progressive, I thought, at the time upon a rewatch. It's actually quite a decent film. Yeah, it's all right. I, I liked it. Joe Esterhouse movie, right? I believe it was, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. When he wasn't doing, you know, before he went all showgirls. Yes, and di- and directed by the guy that made Return of the Jedi, random. Richard Marquand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20th of March, a week later, we had White Nights, which is Gregory Hines, Mikhail Baryshnikov. Oh, it's the famous song from that, isn't it? Is it the song for Say You, Say Me? Is that not from this film? Um, the, Possibly. Um, I'm pretty sure. Say You, Say Me, the Lionel Richie song, I'm pretty sure that is from White is Nights. It? Yes. Uh, he's a ballet dancer, isn't he? Baryshnikov. Yes. Yeah, so this is some kind of sort of detente type thriller or something or other. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I knew of it and I saw it in video shops a lot. It's one of those I sort of saw. Yeah. However, more more interest. 21st of March, we had the young Sherlock Holmes, which I still rate to this day. I quite enjoy young Sherlock Holmes. I think it's a, it's a fun fun romp of a film. Do you like it? <laughs> young, young Sherlock Holmes is actually a very disturbed film. It's yeah, pretty, absolutely it's a dark, it is. dark film. There's a it's lot a of weird, nasty stuff goes on in that. I mean, that girl gets boiled alive in wax at one point, as yeah. I remember it. There's some nasty stuff going on. Uh, a really nice, uh, the first all CGI character as well in a film before anything that Pixar were doing. The um, the night, the stained glass, the stained glass window. Yeah, the night from the stained glass window. Yeah. There, that predates all Pixar. That that blew my mind at the time. Yeah, totally. And of course, the famous Egyptian god in that is Ramitep, not Ramitep, not. No, no, because you can't say Imhotep because they probably, there was some rule about that. So it's Ramitep. It's a good film, Young Sherlock. The the cast was good in it. The guy that played Young Sherlock was actually a good Young Sherlock, better than the Young Indiana Jones that came later. It was good casting. I think it just failed. It failed to reach the audience it was aimed at, which is odd, really. I think it's just out of its time. If you made that film now with the diff- maybe slightly different cast but if you made that film and approached it now I think it would be more <laughs> well, successful think, they'd be a bit old now wouldn't they if it was a same it'd, be, cast. it'd be old Sherlock <laughs> but what I mean is um, it was just it's just it's it's got all the tropes of a of a Harry Potter type film of its time but it's just it has and there was that one recently on Netflix wasn't it? is it Eliza Eliza Holmes or whatever yes yes there was which is essentially because this is like prototype tween stuff yeah yeah totally it's good so you know it, and it is, it is good for, for its time I, I also you know there's a bit where uh where holmes is nearly killed by having sweet treats uh muffins and stuff and uh, cream cakes shoved in his mouth that's right that, that's it that sequence where he hallucinates all the uh cream cakes and stuff with legs and stuff coming alive to kill him is uh yeah it's quite it's quite quite clever. disturbing have you seen the <laughs> um the, the pedigree of people behind this film it's a spielberg one isn't it it's, no, it's, it's barry levinson directed and written by chris columbus so essentially yeah. yes spielberg <laughs> Spielberg produced it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, totally. But those those trio were kind of they kind of interchange roles. But I think when they're together, their films kind of just kind of become a one conjoined experience. You can you can see Spielberg's finger. Oh, completely. Finger, you know, fingerprints are all over this. It has that mid mid eighties Spielberg Amblin um, look to it and feel to it. And it's probably I'm going to guess is it a John Williams soundtrack? Uh, I believe it is. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. So it feel it feels like if all those films around the time. So he thinks like. Your Goonies, your Gremlins, your Young Sherlock Holmes. There's a slew of these, and that they, you know, this stands up. I, I enjoy, mm. I enjoy Young Sherlock Holmes, and whenever it's on, I will sit myself down and enjoy yeah. it again. I've watched it a few times on repeat when it's been on TV and stuff. I've always gone, ooh, at the bit where they uh, 
where they kill the girl with the wax always because they you know it's because it is pretty pretty grim that it is pretty grim yeah we're a kind of scre- mummified don't they and she's just kind of screaming and dying and stuff so yeah grim you could get away with that though in sort of tween films in the 80s yeah you got away with a lot didn't he that, that kind of little you know they, they pushed the envelope of what was acceptable for a film of that yeah. rating let's face, let's look at you know in temple of doom for christ's sake yes There's some horrific stuff in that Hearts getting ripped out and all there kinds is. of yes. stuff. It's all kinds of horror. All kinds. Right, so there you go. There's not much, but some interesting stuff, some good films. There's actually some good films that are worth a worth I a would rewatch. go and definitely check out Young Sherlock Holmes. It's available on Amazon Prime right now, so I'd go and check that out. Mm. And I'd say go go watch Jagged Edge as well, because that's good too. Don't watch your season nine of, of Dallas, though. No. That's probably not worth it. There you go. Film and TV for March 1986. Dallas, Sanitary Towels, Shergar, Streep and Redford in Africa, Jagged Edge, Barishnikov and cream cakes and uh, animated stained glass windows in Sherlock Holmes. There you go. There's your films and TV. Stay with us for our last collection of games from March 1986. That's coming up after this. Shout out to our sponsor, davidhernwriter.com, where you'll find bargain books and audiobooks. Dave's next book, Escape from the Commodore 64, sees our hero trapped inside their bread bin. They have to complete one of the games they're stuck in to escape. Having to fight with exploding fists in one game, suddenly a ball runs towards them. Perhaps it wants to be friends. Book, ebook, and audiobook coming out before Christmas. Visit davidhernwriter.com to find out more. Dave's podcast pick is Hardball, named as such because it was so hard to hit that ball. He still digs those graphics though. Welcome back. That was your uh, film and TV for March 1986. Let's crack on with the last set of games here for uh, this month. First up, what we got first up is Nodes of... Sorry, Ark of Yesod. Didn't we play this three months ago? Pretty I'm much, pretty, yeah, I'm I pretty sure. Yeah. So, Ark, so Ark of Yesod. This got a, a sizzler similar to Nodes of Yesod. It's the follow-up to Nodes uh, and sees Charles fathering grooms on a distant planet that is remarkably similar to the moon with a mechanical device that is remarkably similar to the mole, exploring caverns that are remarkably similar to the moons, for crystals being beset by monsters that are remarkable. You get the picture. This is more Nodes of Yesod. I-, I don't know what else to really say. If this was released now, this would be probably be DLC. Would just This would be a DLC pack for Nodes of yeah, Yesod. Yeah, I agree. It's bigger, yes, there's more to it, and maybe the graphics are a little better, um, although I didn't particularly like them as no, much. I didn't. Um, I, pref- I-, I preferred the moon moon graphics. I thought they were nicer. It's a little bit pacier, it's a little bit faster. It's just more Nodes of Yesod. Mm. Nodes of Yesod is, if, if you don't know what Nodes of Yesod is, it's a platforming game in which you play a very well-animated spaceman called Charles Fothering Grooms. You explore caverns. It's a bit Metroid-ish, early Metroid-ish sort of thing, in that these caverns, you move through them, you jump from platform to platform with, with the somersault effect. You have a, a device. In the first game, it was a mole that you caught. In this one, you have a mechanical device that you can bring out at any point by pushing up and control that to move around and shoot the the denizens of the rooms that you go because this is a flick screen platformer you have been transported to a new moon or some new area which follows on from the story of the second first game which included some you know unspeakable monolith that was transmitting data about earth back to it and you've gone off to find out what's going on as reviewed in episode nine is that where we looked at it yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's the same stuff. This is just, it's another, no, it's, it's so similar to the first game. So similar, but it's just got some new visuals. I don't 
I, I don't know what else to say. It's a full price sequel, and uh, and I put if you, I guess you hadn't had your fill of Node style gameplay, this would be right up your Moon Alley. But I don't have a Moon Alley, so it's not for me. I, I, I didn't get on with this like I got on with the other one. I didn't like the music no, as much either. No, no. The, the, it, it all felt I don't know like they it, it, it kind of it see note of yes I had a sense of atmosphere to it like a sense of a little bit of loneliness and a bit of weird sort of abstraction there was a, there was a, there was a strange sense bleakness. of bleakness yeah bleakness moroseness and I think we said mm, that in our, in our review and, and this one it's it feels chirpy it feels happy <laughs> didn't it did, there's something about the brighter visuals. The, the music is a bit more happy, and and, and that's not what I want. No. It just doesn't speak to me like no to yes or does. So I, it, this may be a better game, and and Zap seemed to rate it in in a and say this was a you know a step up, but it it's too similar to nodes, and I don't want any more nodes. That. I'm not going to say much more on it because there's not much more to say about it. I don't know what else. Does, have you got no, anything you really want to sort of say no, about I it? I agree. You know what? It's it is essentially the same game extended. It's an echo, like exactly as you describe. It's DLC. It's a the extra levels. It's whatever. Maybe there's an extension to the game plot. It doesn't really matter what the game plot for this is. Whether you're on a different planet, it's all the same essentially. My chief complaint, and I'll keep it brief, is that it just inherits the same problems that the first game. Fix those problems, and it would have been better. But the controls are yes. still a pain in the ass. Jumping around is still a pain in the bottom. It's all just painful. And the same problems that we carefully and accurately describe about episode about uh, this note of yes on episode nine are the same problems that about this game. I just found it clicky, uncontrollable. I was flitting in between screens as I did in Note of Yes. I suffered the same frustration. This is probably a much bigger game, but I ended up doing the same thing. You know, landing in caves of nondescript theories, things to jump on, not quite jumping on them. It was just more of the same, and so it, and it inherited the same problems. I think they had an opportunity in my world to fix some of those issues and make it a bit more compelling, and they didn't. I think this they just changed the background graphic and changed some of the levels around. It didn't feel yeah, like they've really advanced still anything here. By so. Those annoying exactly creatures same, that yeah. walked along the floor that, yeah. that would bounce so you no off different. in places. There was. I think if you like Notes of Yesod and you really liked it, you're going to like this because it's the same game. It's just a more, it's more of the same. So fill your boots. But you know what? There is only so much cake you can eat. <laughs> so there's only so many nodes I, I actually well, want to go yeah, down. You know, no thanks. And it still has that annoying thing where if you hit the wrong thing, it takes one of your orbs off you. And I, I barely found anything. I went down a ladder. Well, I that was. Gonna, I was going to say I made a note of the exact same thing. Wasn't yeah, there anything to collect because I didn't see anything, and I went around quite a lot of this. I was walking along, and then the ground just went out yeah. of me, and then I fell down because the ground went out of me, and I fell to my death. And that's not unfair. I don't know whether it was something in the game or something that would open up later, but a lot of routes led to just dead ends. I got my the device out and tried to shoot the wall and thought I might be able to burrow through, but they were just dead ends. It was like, yes, you've got maybe 5 million screens. I don't know how many screens are on this one. Was it 512? I don't know. So there might be loads and loads and loads and loads of screens, but if it's just dead ends, what's the point? Yeah, this... I also noticed as well, it's weird sort of thing. This was Thor computer graphics, wasn't it? Was it not Odin? No, they've changed the Thor tcg oh, weird so they've gone from odin to thor so i'm not quite sure what that was all about change deity i'm not sure what that means i know maybe the next one will be frida maybe maybe they were just sat for too long on their seats and all their asses got thor who knows it's just more nodes if you like nodes yes you'll, you'll dig it probably like this if or maybe you won't because you you've had your fill with nodes yeah, of yes or just 
colour if you wear glasses, just colour them in with a pen, maybe a different slightly shade of blue or something, and like play notes of yes odd again because it'd be the same yeah, thing. Yeah, pretty much not. Let's move on. Because I've, I've got nothing more to say about this because there's very little to say. Alright, that's that. What's our next game? Graham, Death Wake. Death Wake. What a great title for a time. Isn't it exciting, eh? It's an exciting title, yeah, it's, Death Wake, it's not, isn't it? though, the game. It's no, just it's, not. it's a kind of a crap beachhead, to <laughs> put it simply. Dullard's dishwater, Dullard's dishwater beachhead yeah, rip-off. Yeah, it is a total beachhead <laughs> rip-off. So they couldn't even be bothered to name the enemies in this game. So the the war over the homeland is on the brink of being lost by the Allies to the enemy. No name of those, <laughs> that's who it is. Can't be bothered to name them. It's not the, you know, the Blinkertrons versus the Quack Attacks or anything... Ingenious. By the way, you can have that for free if you're thinking of making a game about the, the Blinkertons. You you pilot uh, the captain of the Undaunted. Makes notes. <laughs> you captain of the Undaunted. That's the, sh- the ship that you're in. And you start not the, the map. Not the Dauntless. Dauntless, no. You, um, you designate resources in a kind of a map attack. So you, you click on your airplanes, you click on things, they fly and attack. Seemingly bid no relevance. Then you get to the kind of arcadey bits. There's two of those. Oh. The first one is sail your ships across... And avoid being torpedoed, which you can't, by the way. You just can't. No way. There's no way. I mean, I managed to shoot them down a bit, but it's very difficult to do. Just to say, I never shot boring. a single plane, but if you just pulled down, as soon as they drop the torpedoes, they just go through the gap. Uh, well, I didn't bother doing that. I probably overthought <laughs> it, but I was more keen on And I thought, and I got to the other one, which is kind of a, it's the shooting the airplanes level from Beachhead, which we've already seen in another game that ripped that off as well. So those are the two kind of levels that you have. Graphics are okay, but not amazing, but ripped off because they kind of feel like you're playing a kind of poor man's beachhead. It's just beachhead and not a very great version. Sound was all right. The game idea is okay, but it's just, it's beachhead. And beachhead's, what, a year old now at this point? So, or thereabouts. So it's just, it was a poor man's beachhead, as we've said. And it seems weird that they called it Death Wake. And I wonder why we had not come across the crapvert for it, because I'm pretty sure that's going to be a crapvert. I've seen the advert. It's okay. It's just a boat. It's a a fairly decently drawn destroyer boat in a wisdom plane stuff. And it was okay. I didn't didn't feel it was worthy of a crapvert. I don't know how you win the game. I guess that you win by not dying, because there there didn't seem to be an end to it. Because I got through several stages of the ship's torpedo thing got through that got through got to the next bit had resources deployed those went to the next stage and just it seemed to do that forever i didn't ever seem to go to a point where i was winning or and there was no indication of what i was winning and losing not like in games like defender of the crown later where you when you win territory it sort of becomes obvious it's your territory didn't you it didn't seem to have that yeah, yeah i got that part but you know there was on a big map there and i'm targeting and attacking things all over the shop i'd have just been nice to know what benefit that actually had other than don't think it did matter <laughs> anyway that was my take so it got 66 percent in zap i think that was a bit overplayed i'd have yeah. given it about 50 percent it's nothing there's nothing new about this game it's just felt tired and old and i've seen it before and done better so i've said it many times over if i'm gonna play this i'd rather just play beachhead because i i like beachhead and it's got four levels so and none of the dullness yeah. in the middle oh, well, it's, it's death wake it's not like is it? it's you know it just drives you to a, a boring sleep <laughs> it's not so, it's not awake no it's not it was not awake at all so uh no. yeah I, I put i put tedious and dull dull a game with a name like death wake should not be dull i couldn't shoot down i couldn't shoot down any planes no matter how much i tried in any of the sequences where i was trying to shoot down planes so i just had to steer through the the mines and the whatever but they were so so easy to do. There was no challenge, so I didn't need to shoot down any planes. 
I made it to the last one, so where you were trying to get past the uh, ones that were dropping bombs or whatever, so about the sixth phase or whatever it was, and then the game just crashed on me, which seemed rather fitting. At that point, I just turned it off. I was like, so I got all the way through, but I don't know what happened at the end, and quite frankly, I didn't care. I was so bored. This is one of, this is one of it's not, like, it's, I don't think it's bad, but it's so boring. The most interesting thing is the name of the guy who made it. Jim Bagooley. Jeff Bagooley. <laughs> Jeff or Jim Bagooley? Was it Jim or Jeff? Someone. Someone Bagooley. Mr. Bagooley. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, there's nothing about it. It's very grey. The visuals, the sprites are they're all right. There's nothing. It's so nondescriptly dull and it's such a bad version of Beachhead. Beachhead has, you know, some has nice sequences that doesn't trap you in this boring map, which I couldn't see the point of. I just sent my planes off to bomb stuff and then some of their planes bombed some of my stuff and I just moved on. I didn't there was no I, I couldn't couldn't figure it out and it just pointless. No. Pointless pointless dullness. Yeah, no, Death Wake. You should that you can't call you you can't call your game Death Wake and make it this boring. No. Because the other thing as well is you don't leave any no. dead stuff in your wake. No. It's just it offered nothing, did it? Apparently there's a an, there's a level I didn't get to, according to the blurb on the interwebs, which is where you have to like the final level where you have to shoot through a doorway and stuff. I didn't even see that, but apparently if you don't make it, you then you, that's it, you're dead. That's I think that was the, the one I was about to get to before it crashed. Yeah, you on lose me. the war. If you do, if you don't get that one shot, you lose the war. Playing this of the game, game there anyway, are no so. winners. No, well, it means that if the thing is, if that's the logic of the game, that you get to that bit and a one one misfire ends the entire thing, then it renders all the previous levels pointless. Yep. Take note, <laughs> you stupid Deathweight designers. Another one to travel back yes. in time and re-educate. Well, just you know. Play Beachhead. Stop ripping other games off. Don't make them worse. Don't rip a game off and make it worse. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point in doing yep. that, all that effort? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> this is a. I, I'm going to say this sort of thing. This, and I do apologise for this, listeners, but we've got a, a dull finish to, <laughs> to this part <laughs> because next up we've got. Critical Mass by Durell. This got 59%. My first comment on this is, is this the brownest game on the Commodore 64? <laughs> there was, it was so much brown. brown wasn't it? it was almost... I couldn't, I couldn't... Yeah, it was so much brown. What is Critical Mass? Well, Critical Mass is you controlling a quite well-animated blue mm. vehicle thing that was you had to traverse a scrolling landscape to get to a nondescript point on the map for some reason to clear that level. The view is... I don't know, is it sort of top-down from the back? Sort of, Slightly I isometric, it, I guess. Really, but not quite, because you're straight onto the sprite. So it's not quite isometric. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an angle, isn't it? It's kind of an alley cat. Alley cat is the sort of closest yeah. thing, I think. So alley cat, so you it's, got, start, it's got a shadow, view. isn't it? Drop so, shadows. Yeah, so the sprites are quite nice, your, your, your main ship. But it's just like Deathwing. It's utterly dull. Yeah. <laughs> it's so boring. If you get killed, so there's, there's four... I got to about fourth or fifth level... Essentially, you've got to you. It's that thing like what we had in the Eidolon. It's that it's that classic thing. You're moving along, and there's a as you get closer to a point, this the the counter goes down. So you just got to get it down to zero, and then you're at the point which completes the level, which is an arbitrary point on the map. It's, there's nothing there. So that sees you moving across. If you get killed by the random sprite that each level has that follows you around and sometimes shoots you, you get ejected out of the uh, ship, and then you're a man in a spacesuit, and then you're getting attacked by giant worms that pop up from the ground, and you have to make your way to a dome where you can get another ship and carry on. You go back, you carry on, you get to the spot, you get to the next level with some awful, awful music. Mm. Awful. Just dreadful. Music felt like it was off some kind of episode of The Antiques Hunt <laughs> or a TV show for Farmers, Farmers Weekly. It was weird. It certainly wasn't a sci-fi. <laughs> 
that's for sure. <laughs> it really wasn't. Awful music, dull, move to the next level, carry on in your ship, it's brown, boring. Boring, boring, boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored saying this. I, this is Deathwake sort of thing. I played Deathwake in Critical Mass one after the other, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was, I was, I was almost forced into a coma of dullness. It was, I was such a double bill of dull. Yeah. Uh, what did you? Did you get any enjoyment out of Critical Mass? Did you find a? Did you find a, a Critical Mass to get no, to? No, it was just weird antiques roadshow music, which kind of threw me. I wasn't sure what to expect with it because the premise of the game isn't what I was presented with. So the idea that there's this these power stations that are going to overload and go into critical mass and you've got to find this heavily defended power station and disable it before the reactor explodes and dead all oh, sounds exciting. And then sounds this brown then, the, then appears the brown. <laughs> and it's like I was trapped inside a, a Yorkshire pudding. Just unable to climb my way out, just flying around, shooting at stuff. His scrolling was nice, don't get me wrong. The way it scrolled and the way it moved around was nice. It felt like Z, but kind of slower version of Z. Like very smooth. And the graphics were quite nice. The actual main spaceship, whatever that is, it looked like a minibus that you're driving around in. Um, and this could easily have been converted to the Scooby-Doo game, couldn't it? Scooby-Doo mystery machine. Anyway, but... Um, <laughs> It was the graphics, you know, that the, the idea of the drop shadow and the way it was done, and you know, and that it had the trappings of something that could have been okay. Mm -hmm. But I just ended up wandering around Brownsville, shooting <laughs> at objects in Brownland with brown bullets trapped in a Yorkshire pudding. And yeah. that is not a place I expected to be with this. I never found anything meaningful. No. Wandered around, couldn't find a power station or a heavily defended anything. I just kind of been shot at periodically by things that I just. I wasn't sure. And I noted at the start that it said, if you want to play this game and get the most out of it, I'd avoid joystick. Don't use the joystick. Yeah. It's too, too hard. <laughs> use keyboard. It's easier. I'm like, hang on a minute. Are you really telling me this? Is this game telling me to don't use the very thing that's actually designed to use a game? Don't use a joystick. The one thing of hardware that's designed to help you play games. Don't use that. Use a complicated arrangement of keys because that makes more sense. I'm like, are you retarded who made this game? There's no difference in a digital joystick to a keyboard. Well, there is in terms of the way you control it. it. The way you control it, but as in inputs. Oh, yeah, you just, yeah, it's, just inputs. A, it's, it's just a digital on-off. It's yeah, not yeah, analog. Yeah, totally. It's just yeah, on-off. It's just, you know... You're either moving it left or you're pressing D or you're pressing A or... If someone said to you when you went to buy a car, don't use the steering wheel, for goodness sake, don't. <laughs> That's the last thing. There's a keyboard to control that car. Just A is left, <laughs> D is right. Why would, you use a, why would you use a steering wheel, you stupid idiot? There's a reason why things like that exist. Controllers. Because it makes games easier. I didn't try it on keys. I didn't follow the advice of this game. Maybe it would have been easier to control. I don't think so. At the end of the day, if you're scrolling on the inside of a Yorkshire pudding, it's boring whichever way you do it. And the one downside is it made me want a Yorkshire pudding, which I actually did go and eat. So there you go. The good, 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 good did triumph yeah. over evil. This was uh, not critical mass and just critical ass. Yeah, load of critical ass, yeah. yeah. If you want to feel, play a game where you're trapped inside a Yorkshire pudding, go for well, that if it's one. critical ass, that's probably why it's so brown. Oh, God, that's rancid. <laughs> I think I prefer being inside a Yorkshire pudding than that. <laughs> Yeah, that's gross, but yeah, I can get it. If you got a case of critical ass, <laughs> then you're going to end up with brown. Exactly, or just call it, you know, Scooby-Doo Adventure. Change that arcade, that graphic <laughs> to the mystery machine, and you've got a Scooby-Doo game right there. It wouldn't be that hard to it do, would it? It wouldn't be that hard to do, no. The music would be awful, though. Can you imagine that Antiques Roadshow version of Scooby-Doo? <laughs> It'd be that little loop you'd drive you it mad in the be. end. <laughs> 
Yeah, it would be it. Then it would just loop. Yeah, that, da, 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 oh. Scrappy Doo. Da, 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 da. That'd be the power up, wouldn't it? Whenever you, got, whenever you run over Scrappy Doo, I'm, get, I'm getting angry. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that's critical ass. That's we could make that into a cartoon game. Yeah. What we actually have coming up is a cartoon yeah. game. So yeah, critical ass. No, just boring, boring rubbish. <laughs> Our next game, our last game for this episode, this issue, is Yabba Dabba Doo. Graham? It is Yabba Dabba Doo. Quicksilver <laughs> hiding behind this monstrosity. So yeah. let's give you the premise, just so, because, you you know, Yabba Dabba Doo is a, it's a Fred Flintstone uh, game. Not by the guy Fred Flintstone. It's Fred Flintstone features in the game. Fred Flintstone's a cartoon character <laughs> of the Flintstones, and they are a family of cave people, want of a better description, that... Kind of a sitcom, American sitcom cartoon where they live in a land where, what's it called, the land where they live? I want to say it's bedrock, isn't it? They live in the city bedrock. of bedrock. Fred has a job, Wilma is his wife, and they live in a house, they've got kids, and da 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 da. So it's kind of a comedy. Comedy. Yeah, so it's a sitcom, cartoon sitcom, Hanna Barbera. You know, they did loads of them. They did the Jetsons, they did, which is very similar to this, but set in space. It's just, that's what it is. So that's the cartoon, the Flintstones. And this is Yabba Dabba Doo is Fred Flintstone's catchphrase. And this game is based upon that world. So, this is set before Freddie's married to Wilma. He's got to basically build a house to woo her to come and live, move in with him and then seal the deal on his marriage. And he starts with the plot land and over time you've got to build up the house and do all of that stuff. Okay, none of that you will ever get to with this game. None of it. You'll load, nope. it, you'll load it up and you'll click on the opening screen and you'll see Fred Flintstone sprite and you go, wow, that looks like a quite a well-animated Fred Flintstone sprite. And it is. Everything else in the game is absolutely <laughs> crap. Everything. Yep. You can't control him. He kind of runs around, doesn't really mean anything. You're consistent, consistently attacked by things that make no sense, little dinosaurs, whatever, just like doesn't happen in the actual cartoon. So mm-hmm. you're just kind of running around, not really know what you're doing. And what is it with this episode and games where you push up on the joystick and they go kind of diagonal off to the right? So you can't, you can't control the way you want to control, the way you would expect to control Fred. So he kind of runs and scuttles about. The animation, the main sprite, no problem. But that's as far as the designer ever got. And then after six weeks where they've gone, have you got that game ready? He's gone, no, all I've got is a really well animated Fred. <laughs> what about the rest of it? I haven't got it. You need, you need someone who can build games. So they got uh, whoever it is who made this, I don't know. And I, I think this is, as we've said before, this is a license that has been rushed out in a panic. There is a game in there where you collect things and do stuff. But I couldn't get to that because it felt like this game had been rushed out, unfinished. It felt unfinished and quite unpolished. And considering it yep. had such a nice animated sprite, everything else in it was awful, including the really poor sound effects. Everything was poor in this game, with the exception of Fred Flintstone's main sprite, which was kind of a nice high-res sprite. But we saw this with that squirrel game where they had a nice main graphic squirrel and some nice background oh. graphics. What was it called? The Nightmare on Squirrel Street. Nutcracker. Um, yeah, Nutcrapper. And, yeah, Nutcrapper, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've seen this happen before. It just surprises me. This is a big license to make this kind of calamity. And that, again, is disappointing. What that means in real terms in 1986 is that people paid 7 95 Okay, it's not full, full price, but people paid money for this because... 
rightly or wrongly, Fred Flintstone, the Flintstones was quite a big franchise, not as big in the UK as elsewhere, but big enough. And people would have had expectations. And when they saw that, some graphics and screen grabs or screen stills of the game and saw that main sprite, they would have been actually probably sold in it because, you know, that's all you could go by. I can't imagine how upset you'd be if you'd loaded this up and what you presented with was this monstrosity. It's just a ripoff. And what a shame. What a shame because there's a good license in there. Hand it over to Durell, put Fred Flintstone in his little rubble car, get critical mass sprites out, put them in, and you've got a decent little game in there where you're running around trying to pick up rocks. I don't know. I didn't like it. What a shame, though. I felt like this was such a, such a missed opportunity because whether you like the Flintstones or not, there's enough characters and materials and situation in there to be able to create well, a game Well, there is another it. Flintstones game made about three years down the line, so 1988. Which is better than this. And it's just, it surprised me. And it, what surprised me, actually, on top of all of that was that they didn't just convert this into some kind of wandering around collect up which it sort of is a little bit, but a more obtuse one. But you kind of like this, surely. Oh, no. I just My first comment is yabba dabba don't. I knew you were going to say yeah, that's why I didn't said. say it's it. A, it's a confusing <laughs> mess of something. Thing, yabba dabba doody. Yeah, yabba dabba doody. Yeah, yeah, shoddy. I put a nice red flintstone sprite, as you said, except to me, he looked like he was mashed off his skull. Because he's, look co- a bit, he's got, yeah, that, he's yeah. got, he's got that fixed inane grin. He's coked out of his eyeballs. Yes, he is. Yabba dabba off his skull. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I put, um, and whatever happens to him when he gets in the car, I don't know. Because the graphics take such a, the, the sprite took such a change for the worst that it becomes almost like like he's been crushed in something. Yep. It's horrific. It's not nice. I put, I had no idea what was going on. I picked up a rock. I put down a rock. Garbage. This was awful. Like you said, it's impossible to control. There's no real clue what you're supposed to do. And the graphic looks half finished. The sprites just wander about. Fred looks okay. The car is recognisable, but once you get in it, it's awful. Ugh, I, yeah, this was bad. 60%. Christ on a bike! I don't know how it got that. I mean, I the fact that when you when you got hit, when you died in the game or when you got hit, you kind of just span round in a weird way. You didn't it didn't yeah. make sense. And the and the if I remember rightly, the graphics at the top where it says the Flintstones, it looked like they hadn't coloured it in. It looked like it was just an afterthought. Yeah. In fact, it looked like the, the graphics <laughs> at that point looked like they'd been drawn on wheat bicks. It was weird. Yeah, shredded wheat. Yeah, wheat bicks. Just, just what a shame. Wheat, what, wheat what is. A, Great shame that is. It was awful. Uh, This was a terrible, terrible end to the episode. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I can only only apologise for (laughs) that. I didn't know. I mean, I saw three games in the 60s and thought, you know, the 60s, 59, 66, death weight, critical mass, yabba dabba do. I thought, these might be all right. I'll put these at the end. Turns out they were garbage. You didn't know. So I do, I, I do apologise, listeners. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's it's fun for you when we get the crap in a row. <laughs> it's absolutely mortifying to have to play through these sometimes. Oh, yeah, yabba dabba do. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, yabba dabba dickhead. That's what I thought. <laughs> yabba dabba doody. <laughs> It was terrible. I mean, it mm. was confusing, just awful. Just stupid, just shoddy, stupid, shoddy, shoddy nonsense. What a missed opportunity. I say it before, I say it again. Yeah. Just, just, it deploys my mind. I mean, the, it's not like the Flintstones are a small franchise. I mean, that's one of Hanna-Barbera's... It's like doing a, a crap version of Scooby-Doo, which they could have done with Critical Mass if they'd have changed that Well, there is cab. a Scooby-Doo game coming, which I don't remember, seem to remember that's not particularly yeah, very good. What is going on? It's it's a th- it's a three level platformer yeah, if I remember why? rightly. Why are they getting this so wrong when it's because, it shouldn't be difficult because you to want get them out right. quick and you you know taking a risk on something is risky. Same at as it is now. At some point, this past a QA at Quicksilver, somebody went right. Let's have a look at that Flintstones game you're working on. Are they Weetabix? <laughs> yeah, that works for me. Yeah, no, just they're, they're pre they're prehistoric Weetabix, so they're all you, right. You with can't it. tell me that there isn't 
they when these these were being released by people that knew they were crap, and I found that quite insulting. They knew. Yeah, we've said this before. We've said this loads of times. You know when you've done something wrong. You know. <laughs> you've done a bad thing. Exactly. So you should sit down and think well, about just what you've hang done. Hang your heads in shame because people paid money for that. Up to twenty. It's about what twenty two quid, twenty odd quid for that in real in modern money. It's just yeah. you know what you'd never get away with it nowadays anyway but just taking advantage of the Flintstones fans like that yeah. which reminds me by the way I've got a full box full of Fred Flintstone costumes which anyone can buy for five quid I'm joking <laughs> over really but anyone who exploits the Flintstones is wrong anyone the next two is a box of blue blue underpants yes it, well there's <laughs> not so many of those left let me tell you no they're, they're worn through oh, threadbare <laughs> Threadbare. Fred. 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 Yes. Well, after I've got some, I've got some Flintstones underpants. Fred Flintstone bear. But uh, they're not very comfortable. They are made of rocks and pebbles. So, and I don't mean you know, the, the the characters. I mean the actual. Oh, they're made out of his baby. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes, they are. Yes. Made of Bam Bam and pebbles. Oh, that's the Bam Bam. I could not remember the name of the other. But Bam Bam is Barney yeah, yeah. Rubble's kid. Yeah. Yeah. Wilma, check us out. Wilma. With all our all our Flintstone knowledge. Betty Rubble. Barney Rubble. Is it uh, Betty? Anyway. It's Betty. 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 It's Betty. Yeah, and then it's Dino, of course, the Dino yes. Dog. But they say that would have been a more interesting game because I'm thinking that you could have done the Flintstones like Rim Runner, but where you were riding on the back of Dino. Yes. Dino. Yeah, yeah, That'd be all right. It, yeah, that's what I mean. It would have made more sense to do something yeah. like that. Anyway, absolutely, yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. end there because we've. I'm very sorry. There were three really crap games at the end there, <laughs> but you know, you roll the dice. That's it. <laughs> it's what is what happens. You never know until you play through them. And uh, the once once I've locked them in, they're locked Sometimes, in. Sometimes, exactly. Sometimes they're just yabba dabba diabolical. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and on that note, let's go and look at some. We'll be back in a moment for some. Our last lot of crap verts for this crap month. Verts. <laughs> I'll get you crap verts. <laughs> Right, welcome back. Let's do our last set of crapverts from March 1986. Our first one is text heavy, isn't it? Um, just and goodness, that's, and that's uh, that's saying something. Even the screenshot is text heavy. It is. This Loads is of text. this is a sci-fi trading company. It's not particularly. It's not a terrible advert, but it's just it's a bloody. It's like a. It's like reading something from a newspaper. It is. Yeah, it's like an article, isn't it? It's like yeah, full blown article. So, there. There's so much to you know. It's, it's so much text on this. It's, there's four columns. You've got four. Col- you got columns. This reminds me of our old apocalypse. Our original layout for apocalypse. Our yeah. old fanzine <laughs> yeah, that we is, made. So it is a bit. Four, four columns with a massive picture. In fact, we could have done this page and pasted <laughs> that picture in. Who says we did? <laughs> Who says we didn't? Indeed, but I also like the uh, the arched eyebrows on the uh, on the character art that's yes. on that screenshot as well. He he looks he looks menacing. He looks like he's uh, judging you for reading this. He looks like like Last Starfighter guy again. He looks like um, he does. Zor. Yeah. In fact, the game looks a bit like Last Starfighter. Last Starfighter. Yes, that's it. <laughs> That's the one. So this is a sci-fi trading company. It's another accolade game. It's a di- well, very different to Hardball, as we've sort of said. But this is there's just reams and reams of text mm. and a piece of just says sci-fi trading company in font. And then the 64 logo, accolade, US gold. I do like the fact that it's got superb weaponry. It says at the bottom right. <laughs> Who am I to question? It has superb weaponry. Intership video link, external viewport, onboard computer navigational cockpit superb weaponry it's an interesting advert but so oh god so much text there's not much to say about it is there but just so much text because i'm not going to read it out it reads a bit like an average student's gcse results that screen <laughs> it's a bit weird i like the sci-fi trading well, company b logo. For mi- b 
for missiles, E for exactly. blasters. That's, did you not study cannons <laughs> when you was at school? I, I was more into my blasters. The Sci-Fi Trading Company logo is good. It's a good one. And I'll tell you why. Because it's they've done the kerning and proportionate configuration of typefaces right. For once, the typography is nice. So the, as much as it's a four-column news article of an advert, the Sci-Fi Trading Company, the typesetting is actually quite nice in it. The downside yes. is, of course, that it's, you've got microscopic font, so that it's clearly has to over-explain the game, which tells me that there's probably loads of complexity to it, which that screenshot does not convey. So that would be a worry for me if I was looking at this as a purchase. So, um, And no, nothing says buy me like having an external viewport on an advert <laughs> so or an intership video link, whatever that might mean. So... I don't even I don't remember playing Sci-Fi Trading Company. It was that important on the radar for mine. It might be great. I'm, I'm sure we will come across it. I don't. We doubt. will come across this. Yeah, yes. because I think I think this. Like I said, there's Hardball, Sci-Fi, and Lore of the West come out in quick succession yes. um, from Accolade. They sort of made a bit of a splash. Nice big screen of the game. Fair play. Fair play. Give them credit where credit's due. But they just didn't need the uh, news article around no, it. No, it didn't need, no, a 10,000-word essay attached to it to sell it. You know, <laughs> they could have just been a bit more, you know, pressy that text a bit, pressy it a bit, come on. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, you know, because basically it's, you're a pilot a ship to trade stuff. It's a more interesting version of Elite because you're not going from Lave to Dizzo. <laughs> to Lave. Dizzo. Yeah, it looks like it. Lave. But I'm pretty sure they could have summarised those endless paragraphs of text in more punchy one or two sentence catchy sub subtitles and subheadings as opposed to yeah. just you know four columns of dirge they try to kind of try to in that bottom right don't they it's like a bit more bit more of that and a bit more thought behind it and you just don't need so it's like someone's written out go i just you know just make some kind of advert out of that this is what the game's about and is it me but does it not actually end no it if doesn't. you go to the fourth column at the end it just ends on the word experienced and then it actually just stops there's no full stop is there no so it doesn't no. also it doesn't make sense. So I'm, I'm guessing they probably actually the text overran. They were just like, oh, I'll cut it off at that point. It doesn't matter. It's just text. <laughs> doesn't matter. Should People... we shrink the picture? Cut it off. Put it up. No one's <laughs> going to read it that far. No, <laughs> nobody cares. Apart from no. us, 36 years later. Yes, and we do care. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you, Accolade. <laughs> we're coming for you, Accolade. We are. Anyway, let's move on to the next one because the next one makes you think. Oh, God. What is this nonsense? Why is <laughs> it the same, same advert twice? <laughs> <laughs> because you've got to think. <laughs> you have. What is it? What is so much think. so much going on? So how many thinks are on that screen? <laughs> Tutorial Slows think them. speed think <laughs> blitz think problem think problem think, think. and then think. think think play six play on a six by six grid think what is think essentially is think? a board game. <laughs> I love that. I love that bit. <laughs> Why is it not a board game then? <laughs> it's like all the best board games is easy to learn. But extremely difficult to master. Why is that in shouty capitals? It's weird, isn't it? Played on a six by six grid. Think will provide hours I, of fun and, frust and frustration for all ages. I'm getting the sense that somebody, and I'm not throwing any accusations out there, didn't understand the purpose and placement of an exclamation mark during the making of this advert because they just went wild with them. They just threw them everywhere. <laughs> put them at the beginning of sentences. Why? Doesn't matter. Just put them at the beginning. <laughs> That's put the Spanish the way, isn't it? Yes, they do. They put one at the start, they're upside down one at the end when it's a statement like that. So you've got instant replays, exclamation mark, but there's one before it, an icon driven, but there isn't one after that. <laughs> Someone just went mad. It's like, I love that. Think var variations. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like too much think. 
Oh, the supreme test of logic and strategy. I knew they'd have a quote from Popular Computing Weekly at the bottom of this, where it was just some blatant, <laughs> boring well, superlative. Oh, best game ever played. It's awesome. Yeah, great. Go get it. To be fair, I'm surprised it's not from Central TV. I love the optimism in that blue bit at the bottom. Available from all good software retailers. If it's not there, please order it. It's like, yeah, right, it's, it's going to be there. Don't you worry about that. There's plenty of copies say, to or, go around. Or in case of difficulty, send your... What's it say? Can't, I can't quite make it out. What's it say? It says, in case of difficulty, send your crossed check. Or postal order. Made out to... It's, oh, it's an Areola Soft game. Goodness, okay. Yeah, including your own name and address. Areola Soft. Is that, uh, isn't the Areola a nipple? It's not the area around a nipple. <laughs> that, that, that's the... Uh, <laughs> I, don't, Areola, I don't think so. I'm sure the Areola's <laughs> a, a, a body part. Could be wrong. <laughs> it could very well be. Think. Think about that. Think about whether this game is about nipples. Yeah. Anyway, it's only out for the Amstrad it is. spectrum. And Areola is the small circular area... A pigment around surrounding the nipple. Wow. That's changed my entire perception of Areola Soft. It's not spelt quite the same way, but it doesn't matter. It's how you read it, not what it says. <laughs> nipple so Soft. Soft Areolas. This is Nipple Soft. Think nipples. <laughs> I bet their logo, this logo could have just been a boob. That would have been perfect. Areola Soft. Game's about boobs. Think. Think boob. Nipple. I love that head that they've got a computerized brain head. With an arrow going straight for his eye. But it's, uh, no. It's a bit like that robot thing in Doctor Who. What you made got, me watch. It, it, has, it is, but it's got a robot brain, but really heavily muscularized neck. Yeah. So that's weird, they're, isn't it? They're, they're really cheeks. heavy on the muscles, aren't they, in uh, the eighties? It is. They do like their uh, they do like their sort of uh skinless muscle yeah it reminds me because that's you know essentially 95 percent of the film um hellraiser is a guy that looks mm. a bit like that without a computerized brain but he's red isn't he of course not gray yeah um, at least it's good to know that the computer will set some fiendish problems for you to solve or you can set up your own grids for computer for the computer or a friend to solve so it sounds like he's got loads of scope Loads of scope. Speed yeah. think and blitz think. They sound like the same thing, just with different wordings. <laughs> they do sound Speed exactly think the same. says each player has a limited time to make each move, whereas blitz think is each player has limited time to complete all their moves. But if you only have a limited time to make each move, technically you only have a limited time to make all your moves. <laughs> just think variations, AD. Think <laughs> that variations. Right? That is right. But uh, well, I suppose blitz think you could take ninety percent of your time to make one move. And then only have ten percent left for all the rest of your moves. I still don't understand why there's an enormous version of the advert, and then inset. There's a smaller version for the spectrum of the same advert with less text on it. Why? It's just, it's just... Well, I, suppose, I suppose that's the cover of the cassette. Yeah, but why? The cover of the cassette is also the image that just don't. Why? No. Think, Graham. Think. Think, think. about it. However, I'll just go on the record as saying, as much as it does look like they coloured it in with felt tip pens, I like the Think logo at the top. But if you zoom in on it, and you know, feel free to do this, it does look like it literally was coloured in with, with with felt pens. It's got the lines of the felt pen where you can see where they coloured it in, which is kind of terrifying. I tell you what really. I don't like though is the what is think because it's alarmingly close to a bit of a comic sansy. It's getting that way, isn't it? That yeah, it is. Why? And it's a question. So why has it got an exclamation mark? We don't. Doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> doesn't matter. No, nothing matters anyway. Matter. Just think. Think and then our last one, it will blow your mind. Oh, God's sake! What? <laughs> Why? You know, it's a it's a design choice of typeface so crazy that they had to write the actual name in a normal typeface underneath to make it make sense twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is Asylum uh, for Atari and CBM sixty four one two eight. It will blow your mind. 
So what we've got here is some uh, purple and blue tiger stripes, kind of like a battle cat, except he was green, wasn't he? Um, but they look like tiger stripes in the background, across the main background. But in the mi middle is, you know, exactly what happens in all, you know, mental health institutions or places like that, where there's a crazy mad guy ripping off one T-shirt to reveal another T-shirt underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. think. Uh, uh, he has got a weirdly... Uh, i tell you what, he has got a knee injury. Because... <laughs> this, this, <laughs> who's that, who's that guy coming that... out of the room behind him? He's like... Hey. <laughs> But there's also another guy in the in the further room up, up on the right. There is, yeah. This game is about out. coming out of corridors, isn't it? In the foreground, there's a guy in a, a nice trousers and uh, thingy hiding behind a door from the crazy guy ripping off his t-shirt to reveal another t-shirt. He's also got a massive right fist and a hook. Clap fist. Why is he holding a hook? Because he's it, asylum. Because he he's has, crazy. He has got a properly big arm going. His arm's bigger than his legs. The, the uh, whole right arm is all mm, wrong. The whole perspective has gone wrong and yeah. it makes well, no sense um play it the catch tag at the bottom is play asylum all you'll have to be committed to is having fun oh god <laughs> it's set in prison uh, once you're committed to this asylum you'll never want to leave but then you may not get the chance hundreds of doors and hallways offer a possible escape from this bedlam created by screenplays own inmates well do you know what right all that sounds like you is, is does that to you sound like it's a game where you end up fighting down corridors yeah so the when you see the phrase use of complete sentences allows you to reason your way through the endless strange predicaments doesn't shout fighty games i mean that shouts that text adventure or something which i think it, it might be a text adventure it says muscle bound guards block your path so is is that guy one of the guards he's a guard yeah he's a muscle bound guard yeah worrying it's kind worrying. of prison that but you know what Say what you Why want about two t-shirts. Say what you want about that prison. Um, they have got a nice tiled floor in there. You know that is properly nice. So they've taken <laughs> the time to tile that floor, which is always nice to see. Always and nice it, to uh, see. Yeah, it is nice to see something, but it does bend downwards. The perspective is it gets a bit. Yeah, no grout lines, and the tiles get longer as it goes <laughs> towards the back as well. Yeah, they've gone to the uh, Space Harrier School of Tiling. <laughs> <laughs> they have, yeah. And no, doors with no doorknobs is always... Uh, well, I suppose it's a prison, isn't it, really? So, but no, no actual... Yeah, but, the, but no it's way. got a doorknob on the inside. Yeah, no, no, windows, no windows to see in or out. It's a bit, you know, what is it? Just, it's stupid. It reminds me of one of the corridors in uh, Mercenary. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, yeah, take away all the colour. Yeah, and all the sprites and all the interest and all the point. <laughs> Absolutely bang on, yeah. And, and have that sort of wobbling from side to side. Yeah. And it's mercenary, mercenary corridor. Yeah, with it continually telling you to put something back. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> put our leader back. Put our leader back. Shouldn't have uh, took him. But it's another one of those things, isn't it? This this is another one of um, where mid-1980s, where making a game from people in an asylum and making jokes yeah. about it is an acceptable form yeah. of entertainment. For you know, for computer, you know, not in a kind of, you know, in a kind, any kind of respectful way, but just like nutters in madhouses. They're just nutters and they're crazy. Yeah, crazy nutters. Look at them. Look at the nutters on that with their yeah, crazy so, you know, asylum writing that looks all jiggity jaggedy and broken and broken glass. And like, shut up. Is that rubbish. is that shatter or something? Yeah, it is. It is sh it's a version <laughs> of shattered. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it, it is from All American Adventures, so it's going to be a text adventure. So hopefully, we will never have to get to play this. No, and for that, I'm, never. I'm, the, I'm uniquely grateful. Yes, because it'll just be talk to prison guard. Prison guard says, I punch you. <laughs> you say, don't. Complex sentences being what they are. That's a good reasonable way of getting out of that, I think. Don't punch ask me. Prison, prison guard says, ask, okay. <laughs> ask prison guard, why are you wearing two T-shirts? <laughs> and who tiled this floor? Because you've done a marvellous job. It really is a good job. 
<laughs> Can I hire them? I need someone yeah. for my uh, for my back garden. Bobby's tiling. They did it. <laughs> oh, good old Bobby's tiling. Yeah, Bobby McGee. He's a good tiler. <laughs> he lives next to it. <laughs> what was I listening to? We are about Bobby Nintendo in one of the other episodes. Yeah, yes, that's right, yeah. Bo- good, old Bob- good old Bobby. Bobby Nintendo, yeah, and Bobby Tyler, yeah. Like Bonnie Tyler's uh, brother, actually. I say he's that Bonnie's brother. <laughs> yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a... <laughs> Once upon a time, I was tiling the floor. Exactly. He could turn now, around a job quick. <laughs> but now I'm only laying the grout. <laughs> a total eclipse of my tiles, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's like crap, but uh, think think about all the lettering on the Sci-Fi Trading Company and then think about the typeface and the madness of Asylum. Mm. Let's have a look what was going on in the charts. Uh, number, uh, so which one was this? This is... Uh, this is comma, uh, CMVG uh, Computer and Video Games C64 Top 10 at uh, number 10 was Critical Mass Critical Ass at number 10 <laughs> doesn't surprise Brown. me Brown Little Computer People at number 9 Action Biker at number 8 Kickstart at 7 Winter Games at 6 Last V8 at number 5 Rambo at 4 Commando at 3 Coronis Rift at 2 and Bounder at mm. number 1 30% of those games are 199 I believe at least at 199 Last V8 Kickstart Action Biker yeah well, three mm. of them Absolutely. Okay. So Commodore User had a different top 10. At number 10 was Kickstart. Uh, number nine, Little Computer People. So that's the same. In at number eight was Kane. Mm. Uh, up to number seven was Mercenary. In at number six was Rock and Wrestle, which we haven't looked at Is yet. Is it even out? <laughs> mm, I don't think so, no. In at number five was Coronas Rift. Up to number four was Last V8. At number three, Staying Strong was Winter Games. Down to number two is Commando, but taking its top spot was the other version of Commando, Rambo. So it's the it's the O's. Mm. The O's have it. Rambo, Commando. So it's the Schwarzenegger, Stallone face-off up at the top. It is. Not quite, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. All right, there we go. That's our uh, that's a lot. That's your charts. That's the games. That's the crap birds. That's the films. That's everything. What we got to look forward to next episode? We've got Back to the Future. Oh, I've got Basil and Bond. God help us all. <laughs> oh, God. Comic God Bakery. help the past. <laughs> There's FA Cup. I think these are uh, adventure games. Jerry the Germ. Oh, oh, Lord of the West, so that's okay. Master of Magic, interesting. Could be, could be interesting. Nontarakus, Nontarakus, yeah. I'm not sure about Perimeter. Phantoms of the Asteroid, interesting. Rock and Wrestle, yay. Starship Andromeda, Time Tunnel, mm. uh, Yiya Kung Fu. Oh no. And Zoids. Oh goodness so, me! It's a battle of the music there. I know some crackers there. Comic Bakery as well. Don't forget. And Phantom of the Asteroid. Oh, some heavy hitters in there. Some, wow. some musical soundscape there to is, get down to. No, it'd be interesting because Zoids is a Rob Hubbard piece based on a non-original piece of music. Yeah, Kung Fu is based on a non-original piece of music. <laughs> yeah, so, true. Interesting. It's just been interesting to see, you know, I mean, I know Yeah, Kung Fu is an amazing piece of music. The game, not so much, but let's let's deal with that next next time. We will do. So uh, that's it. So I just want to mention, they mentioned us, thank you very much. That's Hands On Gaming. Oh, I really enjoyed that. It's a really good one. It is, yeah. They look at a single game in each episode. They just started, they used to do podcasts before, but they've restarted again. And they look at a single game across all formats. So they did the first episode was on Ninja. Uh, they looked at the Spectrum C64, the Yams, uh, was Amstrad, and the Atari mm. versions of that. And it's a really good look because they just, you know, they dive into and pick which ones they're very so. Something to go listen to if you like your retro C64 or just retro style sort of video games and you want to go listen to some more stuff. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do. You can get us on Twitter at, at Zapped 
to there. You can get us on Facebook. Just search for Zapped to the Past. Same with Instagram, Zapped to the Past. You can email us at zapped to the past at gmail.com. Or you can just go visit our website where obviously all the crap verts, a list of all the games we've covered. And if you want to get in contact with us there, you can go there and just search for zapped to the past.com. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? It is. Anywhere else? No, that's currently the that's all it. the places. A swift Google search of zapped to the past.com or just zapped to the past. You're going to find us at number one. That's true, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah. Or you can go subscribe to us if you're getting this elsewhere, if you maybe listen to us, if you want to subscribe, zap to the past podbean.com as well. Uh, yep. Podbean.com, so that's another one. So, you know, we're all over the place. If you like what you hear and you like us, then obviously tell people about us you know it's always nice it's it's how we kind of get pe- more people to listen more people get to listen to us the more people listen to us i don't know what the end of that sentence is <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a really simple the equation the more people are. listen to us the more people listen to us the numbers go up and that yeah. makes us happy because we it play does. video games and we like numbers going up and if you do like us if you listen to us you can rate and review us on itunes or whatever and that's that really so thank you for listening i've been adrian mills i have been graham Radding. And you have been listening to Zap to the Past, and we will see you next week. Pasta lasagna, don't get any on you. Yabba dabba don't. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, sights, sounds and news from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at the time. We will be back next week with another podcast, so do please join us. Until then, please head over to zaptothepast.com to sign up to our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You will also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under Zap to the Past. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe. And see you next time.